Hey, Cross Trainers, Donnie P coming at you October 29, 2022. Uh, today I'm going to talk to you about Halloween because it's very topical. Uh, that will be happening in two days' time, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wanted to study the origins of Halloween myself just to get uh, re-familiar with it and to look at it from God's perspective and whether we should be celebrating this. So uh, I'll, I'll just let you know what I discovered. So Halloween, uh, that comes from, well, a uh, I, I comp- com- composition, really. It's um, It means All Hallows' Eve and the evening before a thing called All Saints' Day, which happens on November the 1st. So November the 1st represented the ceremonial start of winter in uh, northern Europe. Uh, well, actually, should I say in Britain, and I'm talking about England and Ireland. Um, and, you know, it was all, all uh, to do with medieval Britain and Ireland. That's where it came from. It was a festival in Ireland called Samhain, which basically uh, is something where the souls of the dead were believed to return to visit their homes, their former homes, and uh, basically those who died were believed to journey, um, you know, in into the next life um, on, on that day as well. So uh, people lit fires on hilltops to frighten away evil spirits, at least in their mind, they thought, and they wore masks and other disguises to avoid being recognised by the ghosts uh, that that were present on Halloween and All Saints Day. So uh, people got dressed up as witches, hobgoblins, fairies, demons, and all, all of that, and actual witches and demons, uh, uh, well, you know, they, they became associated with the day. So the season back in, in the time uh, in medieval Ireland and Britain was a favoured time for divination, um, to do with marriage, health, death, and a range of other things. And uh, when the Romans conquered Ireland and Britain, uh, they brought their own festival into Halloween called Fernalia, which was also a, a uh, festival commemorating the dead. And they also, um, you know, combined it with a thing called Pomona, which... Uh, is to do with uh, a goddess of harvest. Um, so all of those things were combined in, into Halloween. And um, in the 7th century, Pope Boniface IV uh, established All Saints Day on November the 1st. So the evening before All Saints Day was to be a hallowed eve, and that's how we get Halloween. So I actually found an article uh, online from businessinsider.com and it was dated October 31st, 2020 and the headline was Dark History Behind Halloween is Even More Chilling Than You Realised and so it basically gets into, well, hallow means a holy person um, and that was talking about All Saints Day and Ian is a contraction of the word evening or Eve, so uh, Halloween, it's the evening before All Saints Day. So according to Celtic mythology, the veil between the world and the dead, uh, well, sorry, yeah, the, the veil between the world of the dead 
and the Living Thins um, on Halloween, which, you know, according to, to tradition, makes it easier for spirits and souls of the dead to return. So uh, back in medieval Ireland and Britain, people would make food offerings for the spirits that were returning on Halloween to placate them and to get on their good side. So uh, there's really sinister origins of Halloween um, in terms of the pumpkin or jack-o'-lantern. It basically is all about earthbound spirits that couldn't find any rest and use the light uh, to guide them um, and basically went went around um, unable to go to their ultimate destination. That's the... Uh, the whole meaning behind the, uh, behind the hollowed out pumpkin with a light in it. So here's something that uh, Anton LaVey, the founder of the Church of Satan, said, uh, and, and I quote, he said, I'm glad that Christian parents let their children worship the devil at least one night out of the year. So that says it all, really. And ex-Satanist John Ramirez in October 2022, which is this month, um, he's warned against having one-night stands with with the devil. And he likens Halloween celebrations to cheating on Jesus. Um, You know, and back to that Anton LaVey guy, the founder of the Satanic Church. um, Yeah, he, he went further and he said, Um, Not only did he want to thank Christian parents for letting their children worship the devil at least once a year on Halloween, but he said, thanks for dressing up your kids, changing their identity and sacrificing spiritually in in that way. So Satanists know what's behind Halloween. And if you're you're worshipping that or celebrating it or... Uh, anyway involved with it, you're actually getting a lot of baggage from the enemy. Um, And John Ramirez said that as a Satanist, he knew that Christians had the um, anointing and power and authority to destroy the kingdom of darkness. They just didn't know how to use it. Uh, They didn't know how to fight or conquer anything. And that gave him an um, advantage. So um, Christians quite often take the devil lightly but Jesus never did. He got in the fight and confronted Satan and gave him zero tolerance. And we need to follow Christ's example. So uh, we need to put the devil in his place and expose him by dealing with um, all his garbage, you know, generational curses, sickness, disease, demons, um, infirmities, whatever. Um, You know, so when people celebrate Halloween, Christian people, it's like having a one-night stand with Satan. It's uh, metaphorically and, well, maybe even literally, getting into bed for one night with the devil, and it's cheating on Jesus. And Jesus had, has and never will cheat on us. So we need to wake up. Um, you know, so October is witchcraft month, and it's a high season for Satan and Satan worshippers and occultists and people on that side of the camp. So, um, Really, what's what's behind Halloween is Satan wanting to steal your purpose, your identity, and your testimony. Um, so, yeah, there's a really sinister uh, lot of plots and schemes behind uh, something which, you know, people dress up and go, oh, well, it's not harming anyone. Well, it actually is. Um, you know, so, yeah, 
getting involved with or celebrating Satan in any way brings a world of hurt. Um, so, yes, yeah, Satan loves Christians celebrating Halloween because it actually brings generational curses upon the family to the fourth or fifth generation. So it's opening a doorway for evil to enter and it's creating an evil ripple effect in the spirit realm on your family. So if, if you want that crap, and I call it crap because that's what it is. If you want that crap in your life um, and if you want to uh, negate uh, what God is trying to do, celebrate Halloween, either knowingly or unknowingly. Uh, the enemy, all he needs is an entry point and a welcome and he will make the most of it. He'll, uh, you know, uh, eat, eat your lunch and pop the bag as a uh, well-known preacher has often said. So if you give the enemy an inch, he'll take a mile and you'll always end up worse off than, than you did prior. So we've, we've really got to wake up to ourselves and stop uh, mixing wickedness with uh, what we uh, regard as, as truth. And so what I've just said there about uh, Halloween opening a doorway to generational curses to the fourth and fifth generation and creating a doorway for the enemy to enter and creating a ri- an evil ripple effect in the spirit realm, that's a direct quote from John Ramirez, who for 25 years was a high-ranking Satanist. So uh, this is straight out of the enemy's playbook. So you can disregard it if you want, but that's the, the truth of the satanic agenda behind Halloween. So some churches are substituting Halloween and calling it harvest, uh, but, you know, as we referred to before, the Romans uh, incorporated the god Pomona, uh, which was a harvest god, into Halloween. So whether it's called Halloween or harvest or whatever, it's still opening a doorway. It's still bringing a curse on the church or on anyone that, that celebrates that, that garbage. Um, you know, so um why why don't we celebrate the resurrection of christ instead celebrate the goodness of god not not that garbage so dressing up children opens the doorway to satan it changes the children's identity of who they are in christ and i mean jesus is all about restoring our identity uh the enemy is an identity thief um he comes to steal kill and destroy but Jesus came to give life to the full. Um, so we have to stop uh, messing around, you know, and diluting the the, the truth of, of, of the gospel and, you know, giving Satan any entry points into our lives and stop making churches an entertainment circus and focus on what should actually be the whole point of going to church, which is the life, death and resurrection of Jesus and how and why that's important to us. So, uh, you know, um, enough said on that. But, yeah, sal- basically, when you think about it, Halloween uh, is a counterfeit of Resurrection Sunday uh, from the point of view in in that Resurrection Sunday is a Christian high day or the, or the worshipper of, of Jesus. That's our high day. Um, Halloween is uh, the enemy's high day. And so if you're celebrating that, you you're you're trying to have a foot in both camps and that doesn't work um so yeah it's it's toxic uh, so 
Halloween opens up generational curses, it invites demons, it honours Satan, and it empowers Satan to steal, kill and destroy. Halloween is an abomination to God. And um, why why would you want to do that stuff? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, yeah, so spider webs that are put around workplaces, uh, there's reference... Uh, references in scripture to webs of the enemies plots and schemes and pumpkins hollowed out pumpkins with lights i've already mentioned uh you know how those things attract demons and it's all about um earthbound spirits uh that's the origin of that um so halloween is actually poison to believers and unbelievers alike so um if you play with fire uh, then you're delusional because Satan's out there playing for keeps. He's got strategies uh, and plots and schemes and devices all based on stealing, killing and destroying. So why would you want to mess with that and empower him in any way? Uh, your your family is precious. You're precious. Uh, don't uh, diminish the sacrifice of Christ by messing with that stuff. And if you have messed with it, if you've opened doorways uh, knowingly or unknowingly by celebrating Halloween, um, just just repent to Jesus, apologize to him uh, for how and why you did it and mean it, and you can shut those doorways and cover them with the blood of Christ, um, you know, and, and, and stop that evil ripple effect in your family. Um, so, yeah, Satan's all about... Uh, trying to entrap you and keep you away from your identity and your destiny. Um, but Jesus said to fear him because he can kill the body and, and the soul. Um, so looking at Ezekiel 33, it's all about the watchman uh, who, who blows the trumpet. And this doesn't apply to us today. But in ancient Israel, if you were a watchman and you sounded the alarm and no one listened, well, if they got destroyed, it was on them. But if you were a watchman and you didn't sound the alarm in, in the face of impending invasion or disaster, then the blood of the people that died due to that would be on you. So uh, we, we, we actually need to warn uh, people of the dangers of a lot of these occultish things because Satan hates to be exposed. Uh, he loves to fly under the radar and you know, do his stupid plots and schemes and triggers and devices without anyone uh, shining light on him. But look at what Jesus did. As mentioned, Jesus confronted him. He commanded him to get out. Um, he gave Satan zero tolerance. And we need to follow the example of, of what Jesus did. So we need to uh, stop Satan's access to our family and stop giving Satan inroads into our lives. Uh, we need to derail his evil train and uh, send him packing. So it's time to repent and turn to Christ. So James 4.4, 4, um, I'll read that for you. Um, classic amplified as usual. Um, here it is, James 4.4 4, out of the classic amplified. It says, You are like unfaithful wives having illicit love affairs with the world and breaking your marriage vow to God. Don't you know that being the world's friend is being God's enemy? So whoever chooses to be a friend of the world takes his stand as an enemy of God. So as, as mentioned, you, you can't do the spiritual hokey pokey. You can't have one foot in God's camp and one foot in the enemy's camp because 
that's delusional and uh, God has no fellowship with darkness at all. He's perfect. He, he lives in light. And um, thinking that you can celebrate Halloween and be in a solid relationship with God is, is delusional. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that God will uh, completely uh, cut you off if you're into Halloween or other things, but um, it's, it's an incremental thing. Um, you know, if, if you start off doing that, then things will get worse and worse in time to the point where you ultimately uh, end up in Satan's camp and turn your back on God. So Jesus is sounding the uh, alarm here and is, uh, you know, shouting out from the rooftops, wake up. Um, you know, God is patient and kind, but he will not get in the way of your your own personal choice. And so you've, you've got the choice to worship and obey God and celebrate him or to dilute down what God is trying to do in your life and celebrate Halloween and get what you get as a result of that. It's, it's your choice entirely, just like anything else. We all have choices, um, you know, me included. So uh, James 1.5, I'll read that to you as well. Um, it says, If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the, the giving God, who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly, without reproach or fault-finding, and it will be given him. Uh, verse 6, Only it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. For the one who wavers, hesitates or doubts is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown here and there and tossed by the wind. Uh, verse 7, For truly let not such a person imagine that he or she will receive anything he or she asks for from the Lord. For being as he or she is, a man or woman of two minds, hesitating, ju dubious, irres yeah, ir irresolute, uh, he or she is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything uh, that they think, feel or decide. So, you know, Jesus is telling us, um, ask him for wisdom. Don't have one foot in the world and one foot in, in, in the church. Uh, that's deceiving your, yourself. And when you ask for wisdom, ask in faith. Let your, uh, I mean, we all have elements of doubt and faith, but um, we, we need our faith to be overwhelming our doubt because when you think about it, doubt is actually negative faith. So we have to be in the word of God to the point where we believe what the word says over and above what our circumstances say. And we we should be work, walking by faith and not by sight, um, as, as the word says, and use our minds productively and um, effectively and um, imagine the outcomes that we want and speak those outcomes out, live those outcomes, and, um, yeah, just be right uh, into the word of God. Um, so Revelation 3.15, as usual, um, of course, I'm reading from the classic Amplified, uh, but I'll go, you know, I'm flicking through the old version here. You can hear me doing it. I actually like it. I like engaging with the word. Um, Revelation 3.15, this is Jesus speaking through uh, John. Um, Jesus is saying, I know your record of works and what you are doing. You are neither cold or hot. Um, I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, 
I will spew you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered and grown wealthy, and I am in need of nothing. And you do not realize and understand that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Therefore, verse 18, I counsel you to purchase from me gold refined and tested by fire, that you may be truly wealthy, and white clothes to clothe you and keep you, I'll keep, keep the shame of your nudity from being seen, and salve to put on your eyes that you may see. Uh, verse 19, those whom I dearly and tenderly love, I tell their faults and convict and convince and reprove and chasten. Um, I discipline and instruct them. So be enthusiastic and in earnest and burning with zeal and uh, repent, change your attitude um, and change your mind. Um, Verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears and listens, uh, listens to and heeds my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will eat with him, and he will eat with me. Verse 21, He who overcomes is victorious. I will grant him to sit beside me on my throne, as I myself overcame, was victorious, and sat down beside my father on his throne. Verse 22, He who is able to hear, let him listen to and heed what the Holy Spirit says to the assemblies in in the church. Um, that's really significant, you know. Um, yeah, basically, Jesus, through the um, Apostle John, is talking about being lukewarm and neither cold or hot. Um, and just after that, verse 17, he's saying uh, people that are that way are saying, oh, I'm rich, I've prospered, I've grown wealthy, I don't need anything and they didn't realize that they were wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Um, You know, so this is how they got to be lukewarm. They were trusting in the world and in themselves and in possessions um, and choking the the word out, as as it says in Matthew in the parable of of the sower and and the seed. Um, You know, but the antidote to that is found in verse 18. Jesus is saying through John, I counsel you to purchase from me gold refined and tested by fire. That's actually talking about someone's character. Um, You know, we can only grow in character and grace and knowledge through engaging with the word and being in personal relationship with Jesus. Um, You know, because as as mentioned in verse 18, it says, that's what true wealth is. And uh, that will cause our clothes to be white. And uh, it will cause the shame of our nakedness um, to to disappear and we'll have self to put on our eyes so that we may see. So engaging with God will make us realize that without him, uh, we are spiritually naked and, and, and destitute and needy. Um, if, if not for him, we'd, we'd get run over and, and get destroyed. But then in verse 19, he says, look, you know, I, I love you enough to tell you your faults and convict and convince and reprove and chasten and discipline and instruct you. Um, so, you know, be enthusiastic and uh, repent and change your mind and your attitude. And um, when you do all of that stuff, uh, you'll uh, hear the voice of Jesus knocking on the door of your heart and you'll open the door and he'll come in. He'll eat with you and you will eat with him. And that leads to overcoming and being victorious. And uh, as a result of all of that, uh, you'll have the right 
to sit beside Jesus um, at the wedding supper of of the Lamb, um, you know, because you and I overcame just as he overcame and was victorious and sat down uh, beside his father on his throne. And verse 22, um, it's saying, look, you know, if you're able to listen, listen to this. Get the spiritual intent of what is being said and take it as, as a warning, you know. So it's, it's incredibly important. And Hosea 4 verse 6, um, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So uh, the, the enemy loves it when we're inactive, when we're lukewarm, when we're caught up in the world with money and possession, think, oh, yeah, I'm all right. I don't need anything, including God. I'm cool. Leave me alone. Um, yeah, it's it's a real trap by the enemy. He's always plotting and scheming to take us down. Um, I'm not giving him any credit for anything, but neither do I take him lightly. He is a foe, and um, Satan is always deploying his schemes and strategies against mankind, but Christians are his particular focus. So we're the only ones that have power and authority over him. Uh, he knows it, and when we know it, he's got to pack up and flee. He's, he's got no answer to the, the sacrifice of Christ, to the name of Christ, to the blood of Christ. Um, he was thrown out of heaven defeated, and he's down here on earth now using a, a human uh, level of uh, usurped uh, power. He doesn't have any heavenly power from God. Uh, he, he lost that when he got thrown out, but he's using the um, Adamic power and the power that Eve should have had against us. So really important that we know how to fight. Um, you know, so Ephesians 6 uh, verse 10 to 18, um, it's talking about uh, Satan's schemes and strategies. And well, let me go over there, actually, Ephesians 6. Uh, verse 10 to 18 uh, pretty important yeah it's um, it's all about the weapons of our warfare um, I won't actually read the whole lot um, just reading that bit about the strategies okay Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's literally all, all about standing up against Satan's deceits. There we are. Um, verse 11, put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavily armed soldier, which God supplies, that you may be able to successfully stand up at, um, against all the strategies and deceits of the devil. And, you know, then verse 12, for we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against despotisms, against powers, against the master spirits who are world rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. Um, so, you know, read read that. It'll, it'll highlight uh, what weapons we have, um, you know, and how we need to be clothed and ready for the battle. And 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 says... Uh, the weapons of our warfare are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. So, you know, Jesus has not left us here as orphans. He's given us everything we need to fight and to win. Uh, but we've, we've actually got to know how to fight. 
Um, you know, look at what the SAS do. Uh, they prepare for the mission uh, weeks or even months or even years uh, prior. You know, they carefully study the enemy. They look at the battle strategies of the enemy, the plots and schemes and devices of the enemy. They know where the enemy is, where he sleeps, what he eats, how he lives, who he hangs out with, everything. The SAS do a lot of research before they enter into the, into the battle. They study the terrain of where they're going. They know what weapons to take, what to use, uh, where where to rest, where where to march, uh, when and how to do it. Um, you know, they, they have a really finely tuned strategy and they're committed to nothing more than the, uh, well, basically the uh, achievement of their goal, which is victory and the complete uh, annihilation of the enemy. And so we need to enter this warfare in exactly the same way. Zero tolerance for Satan, zero compassion for Satan. He's... Um, he's our foe, he's our enemy, and we need to give him zero tolerance. Um, don't put up with any of his junk at all in any way, shape, or form. So uh, 2 Corinthians 10 uh, verse 5, it's talking about Satan uh, has sophisticated arguments and um, you know he's set up every proud thing that exalts itself against the true knowledge of God. So we've got to take every thought captive um, into the obedience of Christ. And Romans 12, 1 and 2 uh, talks about that, you know, about the uh, renewing of our mind and proving to ourselves uh, what is the good and perfect will of God. Um, so, yeah, that's a uh, little summary for you on Halloween. What I would say to you in, well, uh, as, as a summary is just don't do it. Don't open that doorway up. Uh, in your life or your family's life, because um, even though you may not have had any wicked intent uh, through being involved with the Halloween, all the enemy wants is one little crack uh, where he can be invited in and he will take that and he will run a mile with it and he will run an absolute muck in your life and in your family's life and you'll be setting up things that will need to be dismantled in your family's life and in your generational tree. Um, so I'd encourage you to wake up, um, to get in the fight, take the enemy seriously. Uh, don't be paranoid about him because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So, you know, we shouldn't fear Satan, fear God. Um, when God is for us, no one can be against us. Um you know, Satan is a defeated foe. He was vanquished and paraded as such and put to an open shame. So we need to view him from that perspective. Don't give him any, um, any, well, any anything. Don't give him anything. Um, don't give him your time. Don't give him your thoughts. Don't give him your family. Give him nothing. Uh, kick him out and um, use the weapons of warfare that are, in God, mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. So I hope this has blessed you, but uh, don't mess with Halloween or anything else that Satan has set up to rip you off. Uh, kick it to the curve. And if you have been involved with that, apologize to God, get into the word and um, yeah, just make changes. And, um, you know, uh, with any bad seed that has been planted, 
um, ask God for crop failure and, um, you know, just be determined to be close to God, know the word, live the word, speak the word, celebrate the word, praise through the word, um, and things will work out fine. Romans 8.28, all things work together for good for those that love God that are called according to his purpose. So be blessed and uh, have a great week. Bye.